And uh, Luke chapter 4 tonight, Luke chapter 4, uh, I want to bring a message that I preached, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago uh, to our church in Turlock when I was going through the book of Luke. I then preached it at a pastor's fellowship and it was an encouragement to them, or so they told me, and I was just praying about what God would have me preach tonight. We've been doing standalone sermons. Um, Brother Hal, Brother Cameron, I should say, did a fantastic job last week, and uh, really want to just go where the Spirit leads uh, through the end of the year here. Next Sunday night, I'll be doing our Christmas series, because in the morning will be our special program. By the way, uh, there's no 8.30 service next week. I think I failed to mention that, and, and we failed to put it in the video, so I apologize. But no 8.30 service, just 11. Uh, the 8.30 service will be 5 o'clock. Uh, I mean, I mean, on Friday night is our 8.30 service, so I want to encourage you to remember that. Uh, but anyways, there'll be standalone messages, and then next week will be Christmas, and then uh, Christmas Day and New Year's, and then in January we'll be starting a new series <clears throat> that I'm praying about there. Uh, but today will be Luke chapter 4, and if you could stand to your feet uh, tonight, we'll read our scripture reading, about six, six or so verses, and then we'll get into the message tonight. And Luke chapter 4 and verse number 38, the Bible says there, if you'll follow along silently as I read aloud, and he rose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, and Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of the many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. And let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. It certainly is good to be in your house tonight. Lord, many of these people have worked so hard today. Lord, especially those in the choir, on the bus routes, Lord, in junior church, and Sunday school, the nursery, Lord, our greeters, Lord, our ushers, Lord, so many of us have given so much, and we're happy to. Lord, we come tonight uh, to a service, Lord, where we want to hear from you once again. Lord, I have no doubt that you want me to preach this message tonight. Lord, you laid it on my heart this week. Though I've preached it before in other places, Lord, I believe this is what you have for us tonight. I pray that you'll use it. Lord, I pray you'll be with Brother Mutchler and Ms. Vicki as they're in North Carolina. Give them safety. Lord, I pray you'll be with the kids downstairs in the nursery. Lord, I pray you'll be with all those who may be tuning in online or would love to be here, but because of sickness or work, they couldn't. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our church, in our midst, and all the new guests you've been bringing our way. And Lord, those who are giving their life to you and following you in baptism and joining the church, I pray that we'll continue to please you and we'll continue to be a growing, going church for you. I pray you'll bless this message, Lord, and use it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Once upon a time, there was a kindergarten teacher in Texas who was helping one of her students put on his cowboy boots. He asked her for help, and she could see why. Even with her pulling and him pushing, the little boots still didn't want to go on. 
By the time they got to the second boot on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost cried when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked, and sure enough, they were. And it wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than that it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool together as they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. He then announced, These aren't my boots. She bit her tongue rather than get in his face and scream. She said calmly, Why didn't you say so? Once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off his little feet. No sooner had they gotten the boots off when he said, They're my brother brother's boots. My mom made me wear them today. I couldn't find mine. Now she didn't know if she should laugh or cry, but she mustered up what grace and courage she had left to wrestle the boots on his feet again. Helping him into his coat, she asked, Now where are your mittens? He said, Well, I stuffed him in the toes of my boots. (laughs) You know, oftentimes we get ourselves into predicaments. Isn't it wonderful to know that we serve a risen Savior who is there to help us in life? And here we have a similar story of some people who are really amazed and wowed by Christ and his power and his amazingness. And they ran to him for help. And in our text, we see that Jesus had just left his hometown of Nazareth because of rude treatment, literally was being pushed out by his own townsmen of his hometown. He goes into the Capernaum, a city where it had a synagogue, and he went into that synagogue and he preached to them. And we see a couple verses earlier in verse 33, and in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? And Jesus rebuked him and said, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And the devil had thrown him in the midst. He came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed, saying, What a word is this? We see that Jesus is both controller and conqueror of Satan. We also see he is a penetrator of the consciousness. And verse number 31 and 32, we see the people were astonished at his doctrine, his word and power, and they were astonished at his words, his very commands of men. He could control and conquer Satan. He could penetrate man's conscience and by his commands could get men to do what no one else could. Jesus has a power over sickness and came to reveal the kingdom to mankind. And what happens when the king and the kingdom comes into our lives? Well, tonight I want us to look at three ways that Jesus tries to come into our lives. And we see in verse number 38, as he leaves the synagogue of chapter number 4, it says, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, of course, this being Peter. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him, for her, the words was taken with literally is the Greek word syneko, which means to hold completely. This fever had such a hold on her that they did not think she was going to make it. And so the Bible says they besought. That word besought is eroteo in the Greek, and it literally means to beg. So if you can see, Jesus has just come out of the synagogue. 
throwing out and casting out devils and unclean spirits. The crowd is wowed by him. The crowd is just impressed at his word, at his not only his, his actions, but his teachings. His teachings are backed up by his actions. He's not just saying things, he's doing things. People are out. He gets to Simon Peter's home, and his mother-in-law is about ready to die. They beseech him. Why? Because they know if Jesus can but touch her, talk to her, or do something, he can heal her. And so they beg him to come. Tonight I want us to see how we can have that same feeling about Jesus. Can we beg him to come into our lives? By the way, we don't have to beg him. He's ready. He wants a relationship with you and me. He wants a fellowship with you and me. He wants to spend time with you and me. And number one, if you're writing tonight, I want us to see Jesus in the home. Jesus in the home. We see in verse number 39, the Bible says, And he stood over her and rebuked the favor, uh, the fever. And I want us to see, first of all, Jesus in the home and his power over sickness. The Bible says there, great fever. Fevers are often cured by ordinary means. Our children have all been sick. The last two or three weeks. Thankfully, my wife was able to join us again in church after two weeks. Last week I said, Babe, why don't you go and I'll stay home? She says, Because you have to preach. <laughs> but uh, uh, she's here tonight. I'm, I thank God for that. But every one of our children had fevers, and every single one of them got over those fevers. But this is not just a fever, this is a great fever. Physicians, of course, Luke is writing here. The story is given in several different other Gospels, but Luke is a physician, and he leaves this detail, he includes this detail that the other ones left out, and he says this is a great fever. And this great fever usually means, as one commentary says, that, that whatever uh, uh, medicine they had tried to use was proven to be ineffective. In other words, there's no way the doctors can heal this woman. There's no way there's antibiotic that can heal this woman. She's probably going to die. It's a great fever. I see his power over sickness through his regard. The Bible says in verse number 39, and he stood over her. He stood over her. If you look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, uh, we see Matthew's account. He says, and he touched her hand. It's interesting today we see the compassion of the Savior. The compassion of the Savior. He has just cast out all these demons. He has just wowed the whole city of Capernaum. People are following him. People are amazed at his doctrine. They're amazed at his commands. They're amazed at what he's doing. And Jesus takes the time to stop and spend time with one person. I'm thankful today that Jesus doesn't just care about the masses and the multitudes, but he cares about the individuals. I'm thankful today that Jesus cared about a 10-year-old boy years ago when he gave his life to Christ. Aren't you glad this morning, that Jesus, this evening, that Jesus cares? But I find it interesting that not only through his regard do we see the compassion of the Savior, but we see through his rebuke. The Bible says there, and rebuked the fever. The Bible says in chapter 8, verse 15, he touched her hand and the fever left her. 
It's interesting to me that you'll see several times in Scripture Jesus rebuking things. Jesus rebuked the fever here. He rebuked demons. He rebuked the wind. And every time he rebuked it, he admonished it sharply, he commanded it. And every time, it listened to him. I'm thankful today that we not only have a Savior who cares, but we also have a Savior who can command and things obey. It's one thing to care about someone. It's another thing to be able to do something about it. It's interesting to me to see Jesus Christ has the power over sickness, not just to compassion and comfort and care, but he has the power to command. We see not only his power over the sickness, but I want us to see, second of all, underneath uh, uh, Jesus in the home is the pertinence of his response. It's interesting to me in verse number 39, the Bible says, and immediately... She arose and ministered unto them. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been sick many times. But very rarely is it like flipping a light switch on, you know. Man, I'm not feeling good today. Okay. Well, you need to take some time and rest, right? But not this woman. The Bible says immediately. She goes from being miserable About ready to die. To what happens? The Bible says, she arose and ministered. The cure was wrought instantly, not slowly. Not by course of nature or medicine. She was very weak. What when she was touched and rebuked, her full strength returned. What did she do? She rose up, prepared a supper, and served them. Now, I'm sure there was quite a few people in this house, ladies, You know how much time it takes and energy it takes to cook for a lot of people. Could you imagine being on your deathbed and immediately getting up and saying, you know what I want to do right now? What? Take it easy. No, 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 no. I'm going to cook a meal. And I'm going to go all out. And I want you to know, I'm going to clean real quick. I'm going to set all the fire. I'm going to go and cook a wonderful meal for you. What? You're about ready to die. What happened? Jesus happened. We see the pertinence of his response. She was completely healed. She exalted with honor. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 116, 112, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 14, Paul admonishes us, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. I am thankful that we who once were under the law, were under the curse of the law, when we gave our life to Christ, we immediately became a new creature. We became a child of God. I'm thankful we had a God who when he saved us and we gave our life to him, it wasn't a gradual process of finally getting to the place we were finally saved. No, immediately we became a child of God. Death passed to light. Darkness passed to life. We are redeemed. We are bought back. We are became a child of God. Why? Because that's the power, the immediate power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's interesting to me that this same Jesus who went into this home, I believe, desires to indwell in your home and my home today. The Bible says in John 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him. And what does the Bible say? And make our abode with him. Jesus Christ wants to be in your bedroom. He wants you to bring him into your family. He wants you to show more love to your family. 
He wants to come into your kitchen. He wants to know what you are feeding on. He wants us to replace our idols with his presence. He wants to come into your den, if you will. Who are your friends? Who are you influencing? He wants to help influence you and your friends closer to Christ. He wants to be able to see what's on your TV. He wants to be able to see what friendships you're developing. He wants to be able to be there. He wants to be a part of that. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be in your office, if you will, your workplace. He wants it to be pleasing to him. He wants to even be in your bathroom. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor Justin? I'm talking about the place where you properly clean and groom yourself. He wants you to be cleaning and grooming yourself for him. He wants to be in your home. He wants to be real. He wants you to have him a part of your daily life. The Bible says in Psalms 139 verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I see Jesus Christ in the home tonight. And I believe Jesus Christ wants to be in your home as well. Is there something different about your home? I'm not saying the color of it. If you mow the yard or not. Even though I think those are good things to do. But is it truly a Christian home? Do people know in your neighborhood that house loves the Lord? There's something about them. Jesus in the home. But second of all, I want us to see Jesus in the community. Jesus in the community. The Bible says in verse number 40, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. I see Jesus not only was in the home. He was not just in Simon Peter's home. By the way, he loved Simon Peter. I mean, Peter was his right-hand man. He was what many people said were the spokesmen. He loved Peter. And perhaps maybe when Peter said, Master, my mother-in-law is ill and she may die by this great fever, he was willing to come and touch. But it's interesting to me that Jesus was not just concerned about the home and about someone he loved dearly. Jesus was concerned about every one of them, the Bible says in verse number 40. I see Jesus provides relief. He cared individually. He cared enough to heal. That word heal there means to restore to health. He healed individually. He laid his hands on them. Once again, showing concern and compassion, not just for Peter's mother, but for every single person. Aren't you glad tonight that Jesus doesn't play favorites? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves even me. I'm thankful today that Jesus Christ provides relief This shows that Jesus and his saving grace is for everyone. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Isn't it exciting tonight to see that Jesus Christ provides relief in the community, but he also proves his authority. The Bible says in verse number 41, And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them. Suffer them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. He rebuked them. You can see, of course, a few verses earlier we read where he cast out devils. And, of course, he did this in Nazareth. And the Bible says in verse uh, number uh, 28, And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And he arose up and thrust him out of the city. They rose up and... 
they wanted to cast him down headlong and he vanished out of the way and decided to go down to Capernaum. But we see there's much demonic activity. There's much wicked men. There's much people that want to destroy him. But Jesus Christ had the power over the forces of darkness. I'm thankful today that Jesus Christ still has a power over darkness in our lives. Colossians 1 verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. James 2 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Aren't you thankful today we serve a God who's all-powerful? He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's sovereign. He's loving. He's caring. He's a holy God. He's immutable. He, he cannot change. He cannot lie. He is a God who is just as powerful today as he was then. He is God today just as powerful as he was when he created the earth. God will always be forever and he's always been. He is Alpha and Omega. I'm thankful today that Jesus Christ does not just want to be in our home. He wants to be in our community. But last of all, I want us to see Jesus also is in the world. Jesus also is in the world. The Bible says in verse number 42, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. What happens? He's tired and he's given of himself. And he departs. He kind of gets away. And his primary source of strength was prayer, though, not sleep. It's interesting, when he departs, he does not go to sleep. He goes to pray. And prayer was his connection to be renewed and recharged. If we don't constantly recharge the batteries, our electronics are useless, is it not? Have you ever done this? Your phone about ready to die? Hey, if my phone dies, it's not because I hung up on you. Or, I mean, if I, if I lose connection with you, it's not because I hung up on you. It's because my phone dies. We need, we need to get those batteries charged, does it not? Their power source, though, must be renewed sometimes every day, like the Apple Watch. They have a fixed capacity and expected runtime and May I tell us today that without the spiritual power God gives us, we're not as effective as we can be for his glory and the good of others. Lack of spiritual power limits our effectiveness, our endurance, and our output. But yet, how often times do we try to run on fumes, but may we instead decide that we need to spend more time with God and not less time with him. We need to be recharged. We see the source of his strength, but I want us to see, second of all, the significance of, the people, after he goes and gets recharged in a desert place, the Bible says in verse number 42, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him. Can you imagine being Jesus? Of course, he's God, but he still has the human side of him. And I'm sure he's thinking, oh boy, I finally get some privacy. <laughs> I finally get alone. I finally get in the mountains in the desert where no one knows but what happens. He starts hearing the people coming. Of course, he's thinking, oh, no. No, what does he do? Well, the Bible says there are those 
who were healed and those who were healthy wanted him to stay in case he became sick again. Many did not understand, but it's interesting to me that Jesus had a far greater purpose. What was his greater purpose? Well, the saving of mankind. And we see the scope of the Savior tonight at the last part of verse number 42. Verse number 42, it says, on verse 43, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore, in my sense, I see the scope of the Savior was twofold. First of all, his mission was to preach the gospel. Romans 10, verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm thankful tonight that that mission that he had is the same mission he has today for us. Jesus Christ came to die on a cross so that you and I could go to heaven. But not just for generations past, not for generations present, but generations for years to come. And may we be a church that continues to love people like Jesus did. And though the masses come, and there's days where guests pour in, and there's days where there's always someone that seems like that needs help, and next week we're going to welcome many people here on Friday and on Sunday, and we're not going to know a lot of them. And they're going to come, and they're going to hear, because they've been invited to come to somewhere, and and hear a a, a production, and they're going to come, maybe not knowing why, but may they find... There's a church that's interested about them hearing about Jesus Christ. And if it may be that shake of the hand, that smile of the face, hey, can I help you? Can I show you where to go? Do you need a place to sit? I've been here for 32 years, and this is RL. But you know what? You guys can sit here. We'll move around. I tease, of course. But I'm simply saying, may we be a church that are thankful and grateful when God brings people our way. May it not inconvenience us. May we not say, oh, there's more garbage to clean up. Oh, those bathrooms are going to have to be cleaned again. Oh, man, we got to pick more trash up. Oh, there's going to be more and more and more mess. No, no, no. May we just look at it as Jesus did and say, no, this, this is why I came. This is why I'm here. I know the crowds keep on coming, but it's okay. Because... They're hearing and they're seeing the message of the gospel. And then I see, second of all there, his mission was to preach the gospel. His method was to powerfully proclaim the gospel. And he preached, the Bible says in verse 44, and the synagogues of Galilee. What did he do? He didn't just want to just come for the gospel. He came to proclaim the gospel. And I'm thankful today That a preacher told me about the gospel. But it doesn't stop there. No, our responsibility is also to take that gospel and to proclaim it to others. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17. (coughs) Paul says this, For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ 
should be made of none effect. You know what Paul was saying? If we don't tell people about Jesus, how good is the cross going to be for them? Now, I'm thankful today for the cross because I know about the cross. They was able to give my life to Christ. But you know what Paul is saying? What good is the cross for other people if they never hear what the cross is all about? And I know we hear this a lot at our church. I know that. But I think it's important to be reminded of. We live in an area of our country where there's many people who need to hear about the cross. Why? So it can change their life too. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Is Jesus in your home? If he is, it'll be evident. Is Jesus in your community? Well, if he is, it's probably because you're letting him shine through you. And is Jesus in the world? Well, he is if we're willing to tell people about Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone here tonight that would say, Pastor Justin, I'll be honest, I do not know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I, I wish I did. Talk about the power of Jesus. He came to die for me. He came to save me. Wow. I would love to have him in my life with heads bowed and eyes closed. Would there be anyone tonight that would say, you know what, Pastor Justin, that's me. I need Jesus Christ in my life. Will you pray for me? Would you just slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. You may say, you know, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I don't know if Jesus is in my home like he should. There's a spot in my room, maybe. Or there's a spot in my office. Or maybe there's a spot in the living room. There, there's some things in my life that I don't know if Jesus would be pleased with in our home. And tonight God convicted me in that area. Pastor Justin, would you pray for me that I'd have the courage to invite Jesus back in my home again? If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Maybe there's someone tonight that would say, you know, I realize tonight that Jesus wants to shine through me in my community. And I want to be the right Christian in my workplace, in my home, in my neighborhood. I want Jesus to shine through me. Maybe last of all, you would say, you know, Jesus, his mission was... He had, the source of his strength was necessary to spend time with his heavenly father. The significance of the people, sometimes we need to be recharged. Maybe you need to be recharged tonight. Maybe you need to be careful about the significance of the people and be reminded that more people is not more problems. More people isn't a bigger mess. No, more people is more people that get to hear about what the cross of Christ can do for them. Maybe tonight there's some that have lost sight of the scope of the Savior. You've lost sight of his mission. And you've lost sight of his method. But maybe God's challenged you tonight to grab a hold of his mission and to continue to be his method of boldly, powerfully proclaiming the gospel. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. You're a great God. I pray you'll be with this invitation, Lord. I know these are some of the dearest people in all the world. They love you. They've worked hard. They've ministered today. They've given much. Lord, we come to you tonight with this thought of you can make such a difference in our life. Maybe there's some that need to get you back in their home. Maybe there's some that need to get you to be a, be a shining light through them in their community. Maybe there's some tonight that need to be recharged. Lord, as you had to go to the desert place, maybe they need to. 
Maybe they need to be recharged in you. Maybe there's some today that the significance of the people is overwhelming. Lord, it's, they don't welcome people like they should. They don't love people like they should because they just got tired. Lord, I pray that we'll continue to love people as you did. And Lord, I pray that we'll never forget the scope that you have, the scope of your mission and the scope of your method, not just to preach the word of God, but to boldly proclaim the gospel to every creature. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the music's going to play. The altar's open. Maybe you'd like to come forward for a minute or two and pray. Maybe you have a burden that you would love our pastoral staff to pray with you about. Maybe you have a care or maybe you have something that you're struggling with. Maybe you'd like to follow Lord in baptism or maybe you'd like to join the church. Tonight's a good night to do that. As God is working on your heart tonight, may I encourage you to spend a a minute or two in prayer, thanking him for his goodness, maybe being open to his promptings, to his stirrings in your heart. And may you allow him to do a work that only he can do through you tonight as the piano plays. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, We have a video we're going to share with you. And then uh, the teens go in the teen room afterwards, teenagers. And then deacons, don't forget as well, uh, there's a deacons meeting. And uh, wow, look at the time. I don't know if anybody's going to be too upset, but get you out a little bit early tonight, okay? calendars for the Christmas Eve candlelight service that will take place on Saturday, December 24th at 5 p.m. Join us as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Please note there will only be one shortened service on Christmas Day at 11 a.m. We are raising funds for our new family center. A large donor has promised to match the first $70,000 that comes in between November 29th and the end of the year. So join us in being a part of this special given opportunity for our gym. We are inviting all the seniors of Grandview Baptist Church to join us for two special events. On the 12th, we are going to PIR, Portland International Raceway. They have the largest Christmas lights demonstration in the whole Northwest. It's going to be beautiful. Now, we'll take a shuttle so we can hold 23 people. If we have to, we'll go twice or take an additional bus. But we need you to sign up this Sunday. Uh, We want you to be there. It's going to be exciting. Plus, I want to mention on the 18th, that Sunday, right after the 11 o'clock service, the seniors are having a potluck. We want you to bring your food and your side dishes, and we will enjoy a wonderful time of fellowship. Ladies 
it's here, our most anticipated event of the year, the Ladies' Ornament Exchange. It will be Monday, December 5th at 6 p.m. So, this December, bring an ornament to exchange, your favorite snack to share, wear your favorite ugly Christmas sweater, and join us for a great time of fun and fellowship. Don't forget to bring in your gifts from the Giving Tree. Our goal is to provide gifts for a special bus ministry Christmas party on Sunday, December 18th. Simply choose a label off our giving tree and buy an age-appropriate gift for around $10. Then attach a label to your wrapped gift and place it back under the giving tree or bring it to the church office by Wednesday, December 14th. Don't miss the musical Christmas program, Believe, this Friday, December 9th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 11th at 11 a.m. This musical program features full orchestration as well as our adults, teens, and children's choirs. Join us for the special time of Christ-centered music for the whole family. Please note that our Sunday school time will be abbreviated to facilitate our musical presentation. There will be a shortened connection group period from 10 to 10.30 next Sunday morning. Teenagers, don't miss the Christmas Bulb Bonanza overtime activity tonight following the evening service. There will be a bulb decorating competition with the winners taking home a Dutch Bros gift card. The activity will conclude 30 minutes after the close of the evening service. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Best.